Warning, the following podcast features views and opinions that are not representative of the collective views of the Whispers groups. Some of these views may not be suitable for children. Accordingly, the producers and hosts of the Missy AE podcast must insist that no one attempt to take anything that is being said as representative of the views of any of the Whispers groups. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Missy AE podcast. Tonight, we bring to you Sports Whispers Weekly, where we talk nothing but sports for the duration of the show. A couple of programming notes. First, this upcoming Monday night, Jim Early will be back with the Survivor 45 cast analysis podcast. Survivor fans, you are not going to want to miss that. And also, starting this Thursday night, we will be doing the Survivor 45 recap show. It is unknown as of now who will be the host, but we will be recapping everything that goes on in the world of Survivor starting this Thursday night. And, of course, next Friday night will be the return, once again, of the Big Brother 25 Recap Podcast hosted by Melissa and myself. And, of course, next Saturday night, Sports Whispers Weekly hosted by me. Uh, but we do have Sports Whispers Weekly tonight, and we have, of course, we are going to get to our Whispers Wishes uh, later on tonight. We are we we have we have a few things on the table for tonight's show. Uh, so far, I have Lou and I have Diane on the line with me. I'm sure Alex will probably be joining me at some point as well tonight and who knows maybe maybe we may get some uh some other callers as well uh lou and diane how are you two doing tonight all right steve thanks good all right i figured we should get started with some wrestling news yeah what would a, what, what would a show okay. be without what, what would a show be without uh some wrestling news and this, some people may say that this might actually feel like a complete rehash of what has already been discussed, but I feel it's still worth mentioning as WWE's founder, Vince McMahon, who just recently sold the WWE to the UFC to merge and become a new entity called TKO, Mm. all of a sudden, it seems like, according to a report from Axios, that maybe perhaps Vince McMahon might be leaving the wrestling industry once again. Uh, According to this report from Axios, the new combined entity, TKO, has registered all of McMahon's shares in the company for sale, thus enabling him to avoid the lockup period that applies to other TKO stockholders, such as Endeavor and Silver Lake. Now, currently, McMahon currently holds around 28.84 million TKO shares, which was valued at $3 billion as of the market closing back on the 20th a couple of days ago. And at first glance, it seems like maybe perhaps this is about giving Vince 
flexibility or even giving TKO flexibility given the ongoing investigation into Vince McMahon with the sexual assault claims from various people. Uh, it's also worth noting, though, that alongside McMahon, two other TKO executives will be selling stockholders as part of this offering. And the reason why this all matters is that Vince is one of TKO's greatest assets, given his huge knowledge of the wrestling business. And that's why he even participated uh, in the day when, when, they, when they first introduced TKO officially to the New York Stock Exchange last Tuesday, despite being put on medical leave related to recent spinal surgery that he had. However, though, he is also, while he's one of their greatest assets, he's also one of their greatest liabilities, not only for past misconduct, which includes uh, payoffs to cover up alleged sexual misconduct, but because in July he was also served with a federal search warrant and a federal grand jury subpoena, although the nature of that investigation is unclear as of now, and McMahon as of this moment, has not been currently charged with a crime. Now, TKO itself has said in a filing that McMahon's membership on our board could expose us to negative publicity and or have other adverse financial and operational impacts on our business. His membership may also may result in additional scrutiny or otherwise exacerbate the other risks described herein. Any of these outcomes could directly or indirectly have adverse financial and operational impacts on our business. Now, I don't know about you, Lou, but to me, this sort of screams that Vince only came back just so that he could sell the company. And then he would, like, there, there was never any... It, it seems to me like there was never any plan for him to stick around long term with this new yeah, TKO company, that. even though Ari Emanuel has said otherwise. What are your thoughts, Lou, uh, on this? Do you think that we could be seeing the once again retirement of a wrestling icon in Vince McMahon? It wouldn't doubt me. I think, you know, he just came back just to, you know, wrap it up, give a proper goodbye, and decide, well, this is it. So I wouldn't be surprised if he does walk away from this uh, shortly. Thinking that he will. And you, 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 do, you, do have to, you do have to say, though, it kind of makes sense because of the fact that it would – him staying – could potentially pose a negative impact on TKO as a brand in general if if uh, he continues to have negative press. Right. So regarding those lawsuits and whatnot. Exactly. So he's you know I don't think it'll take long. I think he'll be gone. You know. You know, within a very within a very short time. 
I, I, I think, I think it's a very clear indication with just the fact that they have put his shares up for sale when normally Vince isn't. Uh, they said twenty. It was it was over twenty eight million shares. Wow. Within the company. Yeah. That's a lot. So. Yeah. Million. And also, I mean, you have to keep in, you have to take into account too. He is seventy eight or seventy seven, seventy eight years old. You know. Uh, I know people. People have said that he that he will stay with the company until he dies. Uh, but I mean, I he already so. sold the company, right? Yeah. So what, you know, I I don't think so either. You sold your company. You sold yourself, the devil. What's next? Yeah, you you already sold the company that was. That that was basically handed down from generation to generation. Right. Uh, you know, your fa- if it wasn't for his father, uh, you know, Vince may not have even had the company to begin with. And then, all of a sudden, right. you know, Vince himself then turns the company in into a complete juggernaut, a global juggernaut, oh, yeah. and. Now, you know, and originally he retired back in July of last year. Mm -hmm. Then he came back. He came back only to, you know, a lot of people believed that he had come back just to sell the company, period. You know, I don't think there was a lot of people that thought, oh, well, he's going to have a he's going to have a major a major hand in things. Hmm. I, what what are your thoughts on the on this, Diane? Uh, do you think that Vince that Vince McMahon was uh, was basically in this whole thing just so that he could uh, he could get his money and leave? I don't know. I don't follow that song. Or see to put it, to quote it this way with your song, take the money and run. <laughs> I don't know that song. It was my joke. Hey, you get the idea, though. Yeah. Oh, by, oh, by the way, uh, Jim does say hi to all of our uh, to all of our listeners. Uh, he is currently watching Arkansas football, so um, he's not able to join us tonight. Uh, Watching Arkansas football and also eating a whole bunch of Frito pie. So, um, but Jim made me happy. You know, I, no, you know, you know, it's Jim, but they're winning right now, so that's good. Who's winning? Well, right. LSU. Well, right. Right now it's seventeen thirteen though. LSU. Unless I'm behind. Oh, I got it wrong. I think I read wrong then. Am I? But, am, uh, I be- am I behind? No, I think I think I read it wrong. Okay, yeah. Cause, I mean, Arkansas is threatening, actually. Arkansas, yeah, second and eight. Yeah, right. it, it is second and eight, though, right now. Arkansas is threatening. Yeah. Um, Don't worry, Jim. But, 
you know, I will, I will say, though, for the spread being 17 and a half, I kind of expected this to be – our. I didn't expect this to be as close as it is right now, only a, only a four-point differential. Then again, I didn't expect uh, you know, uh, the game watching now to be so low. I mean, Notre Dame and Ohio State in a like in a baseball score than a football score. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, that, that's another thing too. I, I, you know, I I love how they I love how they promoted like it's okay. You have Arkansas and LSU going on ESPN, but it's like you know what? Screw Arkansas and LSU. Let's just talk about Ohio State and Notre Dame. Right. Uh, pre-game. It's like you guys aren't even televising that uh, on ES on the regular ESPN. So why are you guys talking? You know, why why are the analysts talking about it when you should be talking about the game that you guys are televising? Well, because everybody thought it's going to be the big game of the year. You know, an offensive explosion, and it's going to clearly opposite the way everybody thought it was, which. Sometimes it happens. You have a game with so much, and it doesn't come out the way you expected it to be. There you go. Yeah, it's uh, and, it's and you know, it's fun. It's funny. It's funny that you mentioned that. I mean, first off, three to nothing at, at the half. I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody expected yeah. that. And also, oh, you no. know, another thing too was uh, earlier today. I think a lot of people were expecting a lot more fight out of uh, Colorado than what we ended up seeing yeah. with a complete mass. I think it was like 42 to six for Oregon yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Or the UCLA Utah game that was more, you know, that was hardly anything. That was only a 14, seven game. Like not much of a game. Right. You know the one thing I the one thing I took out of Oregon and Colorado though was that Colorado is still not ready for the big time. No. Yeah, they not. they are improving. They are improving, but Oregon completely wiped the wiped the field with them essentially. Yes, yeah. In this matchup. So it, you know, it, it just it just it just went to show that okay, maybe maybe people can uh, maybe people can can uh, hit the brakes on Oregon and uh, or or on Colorado, uh, mm-hmm. even though they were off to a hot three and zero start. I remember saying that their real first test would be against Oregon, and yes, you did. As they clearly showed today, they they weren't ready. No. But uh, let well, me bring in Alex. How are you doing tonight, Alex? What do, what do they have hey, to do up, to become ready? Well, well, they got to be sure. To, you know, they, they got they got to be able to uh, to go toe to toe with with Oregon. They got to with how experienced Oregon is. Uh, you know, with Bo Nix as their quarterback, they got to know how to match up, and they just can't match up well. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Alex, uh, before we before we talk more college football, um, I started off the show tonight with uh, some news that Vince McMahon may be checking out of the wrestling business once again, as it was reported by Axios that his shares – 
have been put up for sale in the new TKO company. So I want to get your thoughts on that. Uh, could it just be that Vince never was really going to stay after being, after coming out of retirement and he was just basically he was just basically coming back just to sell off the company. That's very well the case. I mean, he was pretty much tarred and feathered. He was blackballed and kind of unceremoniously bounced out of the uh, arena as the, the chief, the chief of the whole operation too. So his time is come and gone. I mean, he's obviously set for life. So is his family, but yeah, I mean, it doesn't surprise me that he's ready to completely break it off and no longer be a part of it. And also not to, not to mention as well that, uh, he's he he's currently you know he was just raided uh, this past summer he was raided by the FBI uh, by by the feds for uh, with with a search warrant for something they were looking for. So you know uh, TKO in particular noted that in in one of the filings that being associated with McMahon may prove more negatively for them than positively. If that makes any sense that, uh, you know, there's only, they risk the possibility of having more negative press than as as opposed to uh, any positive press that may be coming their way. I mean, no press is really bad press when it comes to ratings and garnering attention and capturing the audience's, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, he's, his time has come and gone, but, I mean, it's more attention. The, the WWE, I mean, wrestling thrives off attention and media and clicks and coverage and ratings. So, yeah, he's the ultimate salesman. But, yeah, he's definitely it's time for him to hit the road. Right, and it's not, and, and you know, j- just to uh, just to put into perspective here, it's not just uh, it's it's not just the WWE, but it's also now because of the fact that it's TKO because UFC and WWE merged, it oh, yeah. could potentially affect yeah. both brands as a whole as well. Yeah, I'm just glad you. Yeah, and it's, it's not so. Really and to top it. to top it all to top it all off, uh, I mentioned last week that they were cutting employees, and that there was the possibility that we could see uh, we could see talent get cut. Well, we did happen to see that talent cut happen this week, and yep. in particular, uh, the following wrestlers were officially released from their contracts as of this week. Uh, first, I'll start with the main roster talent uh, before I get into developmental. Main roster talent, you had Emma, yeah. Mustafa Ali, Top Dalla, which in my opinion, good riddance because he didn't bring anything whatsoever to the product. Elias, Madcap Moss, although... Uh, Indie fans will know him as Riddick Moss, uh, Rick Boogs, Aaliyah, Dana Brooke, although Dana Brooke was also part of the NXT. She was in between NXT and the main roster. Uh, Mace, 
Mansoor and Shanky, which those two are very surprising because considering they are Indian or Punjab, and with them having uh, having just reconnected by bringing uh, events to India, I was kind of surprised because I thought that they would at least keep some of their Indian stars. Um, yeah. Also from NXT, we saw Bryson Montana, Quincy Elliott, Davaketo, Yulisa Leon, and Ikemen Jiro all be released. But, however, the more bigger releases, though, uh, saw multi-time WWE veteran Shelton Benjamin be released for the second time, as well as Cedric Alexander, uh, Maybe one of the more shocking releases, Matt Riddle, due, mainly due to his beef that he has with Dana White, who currently is the president of the UFC, and also the release of 19-year veteran Dolph Ziggler. The guy's been with the company for 19 years, wrestled over 1,550 matches for the company, Throughout those 19 years, a former world champion who, to be fair, just more recently, he had been reduced to being a jobber, essentially. Uh, But regardless, this dude spent uh, poured 19 years of his life into this company. And I guess there's no such thing as tenure now in the wrestling business. And... He was also a big locker room leader, too. I'm sure he's a uh, wrestling favorite within the, uh, you know, locker rooms, and, uh, within the ring, very popular. Oh, yeah. No, he, he was definitely, uh, he was definitely uh, very favored among the big-time guys, like John Cena and The Rock. Uh, in particular, yeah. those two those two actually had very favorable things to say about him uh, after the news came out that he was among the releases. Uh, I mean, this guy had all the charisma, but for some reason, Vince just did not see him as main event material. That's a chump move by Vince. Lamb. I mean, this this guy had all the charisma... He, you know, it's, he was also, uh, I believe if I recall correctly, he originally came into the company through their tough enough competition, I believe. Or maybe I'm thinking, maybe, no, you know what, I I, I think I'm thinking of, uh, yeah, I'm thinking of somebody else. Uh, He came in through... OVW when he when he signed the contract originally uh, he was wrestling with uh, Ohio Valley Wrestling and then oh, okay. he officially got called up in 2005 but he had been with the company technically since 2004. Gotcha. But needless to say, uh, this was definitely maybe the worst out of all of the releases that yeah. the company had and. Basically, you know, it, it just goes to show you that there's no – it doesn't matter even if you have tenure. You can still be released yeah. with the company. 
a real raw move by them. Yeah. Loyalty, you know, I guess what's that? Or, you know, cash rolls. And it's just a cold move, really cold move by Vince and the powers that be to get rid of such a popular guy who, you know, was consistent, know he showed up and was a fan favorite and the locker room favorite, too. What are your thoughts, Lou, on uh, on Vince making this decision before, right at, right as he's on the verge of uh, of leaving the company? Uh, obviously, talent cuts were to be expected, but to release yes. a 19 year veteran? Hmm. Yeah. Well, as opposed to just all cleaning the house, no matter you know how long you've been there. A year, five years, ten years, whatever. Like you said, there's no such thing as tenure anymore. No one is safe. You know, it's like they're going on a business sale or a garage sale. Everything has to go. And it looks like uh, in this situation, everybody is going. I mean, I feel kind of bad for them, but, you know, when, when you have cuts with this, someone, you know, something's got to give. And, you know, it, it's going to affect a lot of people. Even though he has been around for 19 years, but you know, in most cases, they do let the uh, veterans uh, veterans go. No matter how long they've been there, probably since they're at the end of the, end of their time anyway. You know, probably like well, actually, age wise. So it's it's really not uh, surprising at all. I've seen people at my at my jobs they've been let go after uh, years on the job and whatnot. So it doesn't come as a surprise. Well, I mean, he was 43 years old. Uh, you know, honestly, if anything, I'd say Shelton Benjamin made more sense uh, for a release because even though he was a tag team with Cedric Alexander in his later WWE career, he wasn't really doing much, you know. Uh, he was good back in the day, but, you know, and he still was good even yeah. when he came back to the company, but... He never was really used that much, uh, apart from being a part of the stable called the Hurt Business, where he was a tag team champion as part of it. But uh, just to give a resume for Dolph Ziggler, this is his whole resume for being in the company. He was a former NXT champion, a former two-time world heavyweight champion, a former two-time United States champion, a former six-time Intercontinental champion. Uh, He held the SmackDown Tag Team titles once, the Raw Tag Team titles twice, and the World Tag Team Championships. This was before they were split in between brands. Uh, He held the World Tag Team Championships once, as part of the uh, Freebird rule, which basically, if a stable holds the tag team titles, any one of that stable, any member of that stable could defend the title at any time. Uh, He was a former Money in the Bank winner, which he used to cash in to get get one of his first World Heavyweight title uh, opportunities. Uh, not to mention he was the 22nd Triple Crown champion in WWE history, which basically, uh, to be a Triple Crown champion, you need to have won a world championship, uh, one of the secondary singles championships being the United States or Intercontinental title, and also a tag team championship in your career with the same company, which obviously he did. So needless to say, 
the resume is there. Quite you know, the big problem the big problem is Vince never really gave him an opportunity to prove that he was an actual main event talent. Right. I mean, the guy the guy could sell as good as Shawn Michaels could back in Shawn Michaels' heyday. And I mean, that's that's really saying something. when you had when you had people comparing comparing him to Shawn Michaels uh, back in the Attitude Era. That's a, that's a glowing endorsement, if anything, of him. Yeah. So, uh, unfortunately, though, you know, obviously talent cuts were to be expected, but uh, I don't think anybody was expecting a leader of the locker room to be one of the cuts. All right. All right, going into the NHL, going into the NHL yeah. uh, we have, of course, the NHL preseason beginning official. I think it's – actually, I think it's already begun because since they have it a has, game in Australia, amazing. I think. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Seems like it's getting earlier. I mean, we're, here we are just getting our feet wet in football, and boom, they're back on the ice. Yep, training camps have officially begun. Um, however, though, one team has already made a coaching change, and not without controversy. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets, originally they hired former Stanley Cup winning coach Mike Babcock to be their head coach. However, <laughs> due to... Due to a huge, due to a big controversy from over the summer, he has now been released from his coaching contract uh, after shot. resigning over the past weekend, days before the start of Blue Jackets training camp, due to an investigation from the NHL Players Association into claims that he had violated pro- players' privacy when he asked to see the photos on their cell phones. Interesting story. He's done this throughout his career, coaching career at least. I mean, players from from several teams, not just interject, Steve. I mean, it's an interesting story, man. Look, say, you know, it's innocent. He's he's, uh, just wants to really get to know people and learn about their family, make it more personalized, not so so robotic as he's only a coach. He wants to be like a father figure or – you know, really know people's families, but some people can misinterpret that as, you know, what's this guy doing, insisting on checking out my phone? I've heard he's done this before to other places. So it's kind of like it's easily misconstrued. Interesting topic. Yes, and uh, actually in particular, one former defenseman under him, uh, Brendan Smith, who currently plays for the Devils, uh, but he is a former ex-Red Wing defenseman, says he was not surprised whatsoever by this news. So apparently Columbus isn't the only team that he has done this on. Uh, apparently he is, uh, he's also done this uh, when he was a member of the Detroit Red Wings, and who knows, he may have done it when he was the head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's a long-standing thing that he's implement that he as part of his coaching like orientation, getting trying to get to know those players. But people are, you know, I, I think it's a debatable topic. 
a few of the players yeah. took exception to it, and uh, plenty of fans might. And then other people see it as just innocent and innocuous and him just trying to get to know, you know, the players he's really going to battle with. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a weird state of affairs, really. Yes, and uh, in particular, uh, he had lost uh, certain younger players on the roster as a result of this. Uh, and thus, this caused a uh, investigation into him by the Players Association. Now, it's explained a little further in detail here. Uh, first off, team president John Davidson had a news conference on Monday when he introduced mm-hmm. Pascal, Vic- Pascal Vincent as the team's new head coach after Vincent had previously been the associate head coach. Uh, but he did make a statement saying, we went through a process earlier this summer prior to hiring Mike Babcock as our head coach, but we got it wrong, and that's on us. Uh, the NHLPA had interviewed players in Columbus on Thursday about Babcock's behavior. Uh, Executive Director Marty Walsh met with the NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman on Friday and shared his findings. They both then reached out to the Blue Jackets later that day. Uh, Davidson said they were very transparent with the information we received. In talking with Mike, with Mike Babcock, we decided there was no going back. Uh, the resignation went forward from that point on. Uh, Babcock was on the first year of a two-year contract that he had signed with the team. And uh, very interesting, though, from uh, General Manager Jarmo Kekalainen, uh, who ended up speaking with the players on Monday morning and apologized for any inconvenience or awkward situations that Babcock's hiring might have created. And it's what you said, Alex, that this was a ongoing thing that had happened previously. Tekalainen actually said that Babcock had asked to see photos on his cell phone. And Tekalainen said, and I quote, that was his way of introducing his family and having me introduce my family to him. Personally, I had no problem with it, but I can understand that it could put somebody in an uncomfortable and awkward situation. Yeah, double-edged sword. Both sides have a point. I mean, tough situation to read, and it cost him his job. Yeah. And now, uh, actually, veteran players such as Captain Boone Jenner and star winger Johnny Gaudreau had said they had no issues with Babcock asking to see their camera roll on their phones. But several sources indicated to ESPN that younger players were not as receptive to the request and felt much more uncomfortable about it. Uh, Kekalainen did say he did not believe there were any ill intentions on Mike's part in the way he conducted interviews with our players to get to know them. However, whether there was intent or not, some of our players weren't comfortable with his methods, and that was concerning. As we gathered information and had numerous discussions, both internally and externally, it became very clear that the distractions caused by this were too great and were having a negative impact on our players. And rather than going to management or team leadership, though, players reached out to former NHL player and current TV analyst Paul Bisonette 
who shared the initial accusations about Babcock on the Spit and Chicklets podcast. So, by a former player. I mean, let's. Yeah. So uh, these these accusations originally came out from uh, through a former player. Man, really tough to hear about this. Both sides. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't they do that instead of telling Mike Babcock that they were uncomfortable? Yeah, they should have. Yeah. Easier way to handle it. Yeah, I agree. Less drama, less well, drama. Well, yeah. he that's blown up and he's gone. The thing exploded. You know, I think some players. I think I think some players believe that. Because, you know, just like how the NBA is a brotherhood and the NFL is a brotherhood, it's the same thing yeah. with the NHL. You know, the players are like That's a true. brotherhood. So so players would feel more comfortable going with other players, going over to other players. Yeah. Certainly. It could be like the NBA. And, yeah, and having this sort of discussion. Interesting. Yeah, well, it definitely got out there. Uh, you know, but, um, to voice the way why he was doing it, he was already on, out the door. Well, what are, what are your thoughts, Lou, on uh, on Mike Babcock being shown the door as a result of this uh, investigation? That's not surprising. It's been hot one with this all, you know, for quite a while now, and it finally got him. So uh, this doesn't really come as a big shock to me. You know, it was, you, you knew it was going to happen. And just blew, it just blew right up his face. So it doesn't, it doesn't me at all. What what are your thoughts on, on this, uh, on this, Diane? Uh, the fact that a, uh, the fa- the fact that a that a coach because of the fact that um do- does it kind of seem like this just shows that past uh you know pa- past uh, things that may have worked in the past now don't work due to the due to the changing climate in professional sports yes I mean, it is a changing climate. That that is for sure. So, and uh, you know, it's, it's not the way it used to be. Yeah, it definitely isn't. You know, things have. Uh, uh, what what are your what are your thoughts, Alex? Do you do you think that this shows uh, the fact that there that that this may be a result of the changing climate? Yeah, with the increase, the massive, massive, massive increase of social media, uh, and then different times, you know, not necessarily even lawsuits, but just everything is a lot more guarded. You have to be very careful about how you interact with different people, and even if his intentions were good, it's just it's something that can be scrutinized and used against them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's just different different times these days. A lot more lawsuits, like I said, social media cameras everywhere. 
more, more, you know, people are very vulnerable in those positions. You know, they really have to be on alert on both sides. If you, you know, I don't know. I think, I think they could have talked to him one-on-one like Diane Luce said. I mean, but he got out and, you know, the result of it big time. He's, he's gone. All right, let's see. And actually, just just looking at Mike Babcock's record, this is a guy yeah. who had seven hundred, not to mention a Stanley Cup, uh, a Stanley Cup win. Yeah, seven hundred wins, four hundred and eighteen losses, nineteen overtime losses, or I mean, nineteen ties and 164 total overtime losses in his uh in his coaching career coming into the league in 2002 not to mention he also spent time in the AHL as well as a head coach so you know i i think i think ultimately this this basically shows how much the how much uh the sport has changed and how much how much the social climate, if anything, has changed? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, going on going on to the next uh, to the next topic here, uh, Brad Marchand has officially been named the twenty first Bruins captain in Bruins history following yep. the retirement of Patrice Bergeron. Uh, the assistant captains were also named as Charlie McAvoy and uh, and David Pasternak were named the alternate captains for the Boston Bruins. Uh, Brad Marchand, in particular, has been with the club his entire career since originally being drafted back in 2006, 71st overall. Uh, he currently has two more seasons on his contract as well. So uh, he, will be a ca- he will be the captain for at least two or three seasons with the club, uh, scoring a combined total of 372 career goals and 490 career assists. Uh, not to mention, he won the Stanley Cup with Boston back in 2011 and has also been to the Stanley Cup Finals two other times with Boston uh, in his career with 53 career playoff goals and 75 career playoff assists in 146 games played. So, needless to say, uh, the Boston Bruins are uh, obviously they're in they're in a rebuild right now. As well, I'm not a rebuild. I I, I guess you can call yeah. that a re, you can call it a retool. Reload. Yeah. I wouldn't call it a rebuild. Which. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't call I wouldn't necessarily call it a rebuild because they're actually in the so competitive, more retooling, retooling, yeah. rebuild. We're kind of reloaded. Yeah, they're dropping. 
they're, they're in they're in a tran- a transitory period, you could call it. Losing a few key players, but still some uh, valuable members of the core are still there. That's so kind of a little bit of this and that. Um, let's see, Brad. So obviously, the, here's a, the situation. The whole situation in particular uh, with the Boston Bruins, obviously. Uh, in all honesty. Marchand is probably the one remaining Bruin who was deserving of the captaincy, considering the fact that he is the longest remaining tenured Boston Bruin, uh, considering he's been a Bruin since 2006. And if anything, he has a lot of the – he has a a lot of the – a lot of the characteristics – that a that a captain that that you look for in a captain. Uh, let's see. Last season, he finished second on the Bruins in scoring with 67 points in 73 games, and he had previously been an alternate captain for the past five seasons before ultimately being named the captain for their centennial season uh, this upcoming season. So now, uh, with him being named captain, uh, the St. Louis Blues also named Braden Shen as their captain. Uh, The Vancouver Canucks named Quinn Hughes as their captain, and the Winnipeg Jets named Adam Lowry as their captain, which means there are six remaining teams that do not currently have a captain on their team or or for their team, them being the Anaheim Ducks, the Arizona Coyotes, the Calgary Flames, the Chicago Blackhawks, the Philadelphia Flyers, and the Seattle Kraken as the only teams yet to name a captain. And uh, the Blackhawks in particular are captainless and will remain so for at least the next year, according to Blackhawks general manager Kyle Davidson, due to Jonathan Taze uh, no longer being with the team. That's right. Yeah. That's a team that's rebuilding for sure. <laughs> they're two big boys. There's two legends. Are, well, not legends, but obviously their two leaders are gone, I should say. Yeah. And by the, the way, speaking of, speaking of Chicago Blackhawks players, uh, the Buffalo Sabres are showing an interest in one of their legends, Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane, yeah. Patrick <laughs> Kane is currently undergoing rehab from his off-season hip surgery. Uh, however, the Sabres are one of the first teams to be showing interest in bringing him huh. in. He's kind of a dud for the Rangers. Could be a good ad for the Sabres if he gets healthy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He could definitely. Uh, and you know, that's a, that's another thing too. I was kind of surprised that the Rangers didn't re-sign him. That I I, I thought that uh, after, especially after losing out on Tarasenko. You know, I really thought that uh, they would end up ultimately re-signing him. 
But for some reason, you know, Patrick Kane has made it known to teams that he wouldn't be, you know, he wouldn't be in a rush basically to, to end up uh, signing with a team. But Buffalo is one of the teams that are currently showing interest. Yeah, uh, they're not spending a lot. Oh. Okay, they're not spending a lot the last several years, so it'd be kind of cool if he got healthy and ended up in Buffalo. Good for them. Yeah. Well, because they definitely need veteran leadership on that team. Of course, With yeah. all the young players that they have. It'd be good ad. Uh, elsewhere around the league, uh, a couple of – uh, future mainstays for the Anaheim Ducks are giving the Ducks uh, quite a bit of problems in mm. in contract uh, negotiations. Uh, their franchise center Trevor Zegers and their young defender Jamie Drysdale enter training camp without contract extensions, and the ducks have a this is this is mind-boggling because the ducks have the most projected cap space of anyone in the league by a significant margin as they have about 16.64 million dollars in flexibility which is nearly 4 million more than the blackhawks who have the second most with 12.86 million in space And it kind of sounds like that this is more on the Anaheim Ducks as their assistant general manager, Jeff Solomon, is well known within NHL circles as one of the tougher negotiators in the league. And it could be that both Drysdale and Zegris are asking for more than the Ducks feel that they're actually worth. And the team actually has more to lose in this situation by creating off-ice animosity rather than opting for a perceived overpay on these two upcoming contracts. However, though, in a small glimmer of hope, uh, Pierre Lebrun did say that uh, the Ducks and Zegers have both settled on a three-year term in terms of an extension. However, there is a tangible, a tangible gap that still remains when it comes to average annual value on the contract. And Drysdale, from what it sounds like, uh, he's just not even close, period, right now to any sort of deal. So I, I, I got to tell you, don't be surprised if these two household names may potentially hit the market this upcoming season. If the Ducks, if the Ducks can't come to some sort of deal with them, although wait a minute, let me check. Yeah, let me check. Let me check real quick and see. I think they might be restricted free agents, but. Let me see if spot track if spot track will will ever uh okay here we go uh, no not contract terms I want to go to free agents 
Oh, my God. Come on. 2024. Oof, LSU, awesome touchdown. Hi, with Jim's boys, Arkansas. Just had to let you know. Yeah, yeah, I just saw, I just saw that, actually. Um, just took, Arkansas is playing awesome. LSU just took the lead on a nice, really nice deep throw. Yeah, I just I just saw that. That was that that was actually a pretty good. Uh, yeah, that was a that was a pretty a pretty good touchdown. Uh, you know, luckily uh, for college, you just need you just need one uh, you just need one foot in, obviously. Yes. Oh my God, where is? Okay, maybe they're actually free agents right now. Let me look. Okay, so Trevor Zegers is coming off of a three-year deal. He's 22, so he is a restricted free agent. Oh, okay. I Uh see. So Trevor Zegers is just coming off of his rookie deal. So he right now is a holdover. He's not even in camp right now because of this. And let me check Jamie Drysdale. Wow, Drysdale is the same thing. Drysdale, uh, he just came off of his rookie contract as well. So these two are – well, yeah, these two are restricted free agents – which means that they basically, because Anaheim qualified them, Anaheim holds their rights. So basically they could go, I believe the deadline is December. December 1st, I think, is the deadline for them to sign a contract in order to play this season. So they could hold out all the way until December, or they could choose – to just forego playing this season and sit out entirely, which if that's the case, then Anaheim would still hold their rights headed into next off season. Wow. So they are playing severe hardball right now with, uh, with Anaheim and Anaheim. I mean, it doesn't make sense. You have 60, you have the highest, salary cap space in the league and you're not going to give new contracts to two of your top young stars? Yeah, why not? I mean, that makes no sense. These guys are supposed to be your franchise players of the future. Especially your franchise players. No, that, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so foolish. Self-sabotaging your team. I mean, I mean, I understand. You know, I understand uh, the players' sense. You know, you're coming off of a rookie deal, which uh, I mean, let's put it this way: rookie deals. Uh, the NHL is just only slightly higher for rookie deals than Major League Baseball, and that's saying right. something. Um, yeah. So I don't blame the players. You know, if anything, this is on management. 
management is probably just trying to save every little penny that they possibly can, even though it's clear as day, you're not going to be contenders for a long time out there in Anaheim. Probably not. You know, it would be malpractice, if anything, for them to basically let these guys just sit there. Exactly. All right. Uh, also around the also around the league, uh, the Vancouver Canucks they acquired goaltender Casey DeSmith from yes. the Montreal Canadiens in exchange for forward Tanner Pearson and a third round pick in the 2025 NHL entry draft. Wow, long time. Uh, a little ways off, but yeah, yeah, but. Uh, I mean, I, 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 it was it was clear as day that Casey DeSmith wasn't going to stay uh, following the trade from right. Pittsburgh. So it only made sense that uh, he would eventually be moved. Always do. But uh, and you know, I guess eh, Tanner Pearson, though Tanner Pearson and a third. Well, you know, that is actually kind of fair value. Now that I think of it. All right. Now we head over to the NBA and uh, some pretty big news for you, Alex, because it may not be the Miami Heat anymore in the sweepstakes for uh, Damian Lillard as Toronto and Chicago have officially popped up as potential landing spots for Damian Lillard, which they're trying to supposedly get a deal done before October 2nd. Interesting. I, I don't know what you got. What you, I mean, DeRozan's like 37 and uh, Zach Levine. They're both guards. Really interesting, though. Uh, Toronto has more assets. They can better players to offer. But I don't know. I still think he's going to Miami. It's, it's, it's frustrating and annoying at this point. Just get the deal done. Disgruntled superstar. It's like if you don't want to be there, just have them got to yeah. move them for something. Something good though, but you don't want to. You don't want well, to stick a sucker to just to get rid of them. They got to get the best deal. So <laughs> hopefully it doesn't take too much right. time. Yeah, got to move. Well, it got to move on at some point. Got to move on. The sooner they move on, the sooner they can start. You know, trying to form a new identity and work with the players they have. Right now, it's like everyone's in limbo. Right, but it it, it is worth it is worth noting though that. The according to league sources, the Miami Heat have not talked with Portland within the last two to three months. Oh, wow. Okay. So that so that uh that door may be closed. Wow. Okay. And as far as as far as what assets could Chicago possibly offer up? I mean, just looking at uh, just looking out here right now, you got Alex Caruso, you got Kobe White as a potential yeah. option. Uh, Patrick Williams sticks out. Uh, there's a couple of intriguing um, uh, <laughs> intriguing players to potentially package in there. <laughs> yes, yeah, like career backup for Damian Lillard. Oh man, come on! That's not a, the the Bulls don't match up. I don't think for a trade. It was, their best player is thirty seven. The Blazers are rebuilding. 
Caruso. Oh, we got us a game here. We got a game now, buddy. This card on Houston team. Whoop. Who's that? Ohio? Which which game? Ohio State. Oh, wait a minute. They took it. They took it away. It wasn't complete. Well, and... Which game? Wait a minute. Oh, holding. Steve, which game? Arkansas and LSU. Arkansas had yeah. supposedly scored a touchdown, but the referee threw a late flag uh, wow. due to yeah. holding. Oh, they called it back. Yeah, they called it back. Wow. Called it back. Cannot be curt about the Bulls, but see, I just don't, they just don't have the. I don't know. You can get definitely get a better package for that than, than that for uh, Lewis. That's what I was saying. They got to yeah. keep shopping around. Oh, here we go though. Arkansas, Arkansas uh, did get it back. Did get it back in range at the 15 yard line now. Uh yeah, you know, honestly, I could probably uh I could probably see if anything Toronto would probably be in a better position than the Bulls would be. Uh yeah. I think the big thing though would be that they would have to give up Scotty Barnes. Yeah, yeah. Former rookie of the year. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where it lands. Hopefully they get it done sooner rather than later. Gotta move on. Yeah, wow, they had him. They they would they would have to give up Scotty Barnes and potentially Grady Dick, who they just drafted as well. Yes, I know the that's an that's an MVP caliber name uh, for the yeah. Toronto Raptors. Oh yeah. Another player though, who uh, and this is kind of interesting on this part. Uh, the whole James Harden situation. It wasn't the 76ers who shut down talks. It was the LA Clippers. What else is new? This is the second player that they've shut down contract talks on or trade talks on. The first one being, uh, the the first one being Malcolm Brogdon of the Boston Celtics due to his, uh, Due to concerns about his uh, about his physical, as according to Brian Windhorst, it was reported last month that they had taken the guard off, that they had taken Harden off of the trade market. However, uh, according to Windhorst, the Clippers tried to trade for James Harden and the deal didn't happen. And from what I understand, it was the Clippers who said, okay, there's no deal here. We're yeah. going to move on. Wow. Okay. Deal or no deal. <laughs> Moving on. So the Clippers were the ones that moved on, not the Sixers in this yeah. case. Well, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, you know how the Harden's like poison walking around. I think people are just trying to stay away from him. No, thank you. Not in our locker room. Go somewhere else, James. Wreck wreck another locker room, not ours. Right. Yeah. We're good on you, James. We don't need need your personality around our our team. It's Houston's younger team. Yeah, Harden's just phased out. People don't want to deal with his nonsense. Oh. Oh, wait a minute. DPI? Uh Uh-oh. 
Are you watching Arkansas? No, roughing the passer. Roughing the passer. Okay. Which which game? I said it like nine times. Arkansas. I'm sorry. Arkansas and LSU. I'm watching. I'm watching Arkansas and LSU. Okay. Yeah. Well, I wasn't sure before. I thought there it was, was a big play going on in Ohio State too. Yeah, I thought it was. Oh, wow. I thought it was pass interference because it looked like it looked like the receiver couldn't jump up in order to try and oh, make a it? catch. But it turned out it was roughing the passer because of a uh, late hit on uh, a late hit against KJ Jefferson. Oh, okay. So now Arkansas goes. Arkansas goes from third and eighteen to first and ten. And we have a touchdown. Arkansas. Uh, with a chance to tie it up. Oh, I just saw Notre Dame took the lead. Extra point pending, and it's how, good. 14-10. How surprising is that, that that's such a low-scoring game? I think that really shows just exactly how different this Ohio State team is this year. Yeah, McCord's not very good. I mean, you have two really good defenses, so it's just been a slugfest. But, yeah, no one expected it to be this low scoring. God, what a BS call on uh, Arkansas. Give me a break. Uh, LSU, late hit. can't even touch the quarterback these days. Yeah, I know. That's what I was surprised. That's what I was surprised that it was roughing the passer. I thought, if anything, it would have been pass interference. I took LSU, too. Wow, that's questionable. LSU's got a score. They will. Yeah. Uh, Another player to keep an eye on around the NBA, Buddy Heald. As apparently Heald and the Pacers – have started dialogue on uh, trying to find a potential trade for the star guard. Uh, Heald and the team had been discussing an extension, but according to Shams Sharania of The Athletic, negotiations stalled out. So as a result, uh, Indiana is now discussing potential Buddy Heald trades uh, with different teams around the league. Which should be pretty interesting, actually, considering the fact that uh, Heald can still contribute at a high level. He's a solid player. He's good, good, can score a lot in in different points of the game. Here and they can get hot. Yeah, it'll be a marketplace for him. Now the Lakers have been really interested in, in a month. I don't know. We'll see where he goes. Uh, some other deals around the league. Uh, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, free agent wing Kelly Oubre has signed a one-year deal with the Sixers. Uh, originally, Miami was viewed as the favorite to sign Oubre, but now he is headed to Philly uh, after being limited due to injury in 48 games last season with Charlotte. He averaged a career-best 20.3 points per game to go with 5.2 rebounds, 1.1 assists, 1.4 steals, and 2.3 three-pointers in just over 30 minutes per game. Uh, 
Now, the question is how big of an impact he will have in Philly depends on what happens with James Harden. But needless to say, I think this is a significantly – this is maybe the most significant bench shooter that they will have had in quite some time, possibly – oh, excuse me, possibly since they had J.J. Redick. It's just the game away right now. Right, what are your, what are your thoughts? Well, you, you going for it? Uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts, Lou? Uh, Kelly, Oubre, Kelly Oubre going to the 76ers. Oh, uh, yeah, I heard What that. are your thoughts on that? Yeah, good good deal for, for them. And, uh, you know, that might be what Philly uh, might need here. That's a good, I think that's a good deal. How about you, Alex? What are your What are your thoughts on uh, on yeah, Kelly Oubre uh, joining they've Philly? Had terrible. They've had just a terrible bench for a while. So yeah, I mean, he can score a lot. He's erratic. Doesn't really play defense. Like he's yeah, hot he's and cold. So he was kind of like an all offense, kind of like a Charlotte Hornets style player where he played his best. He's bounced around a bit, but yeah, he can be a good spark plug off the bench for him. Yep. Well, you know, I don't think I don't think Philly really cares about defense. I mean, after all, they traded away Matisse Tibble, who was considered to be their best defensive player off the bench. So, I don't think they really care about defense uh, with their current team. Yes, yeah, good move for them. He's a good he's a good he's a good scorer. Good he yeah. can play a good role on the bench as a you know spark plug scorer here and there. They need a spark plug. Uh, some other player news. Lamar Stevens has officially signed with the Boston Celtics. Uh, he had been a solid piece for Cleveland over the last few seasons, but was traded to San Antonio this summer uh, as part of the deal that sent uh, Max Struess to the Cavs as part of a sign-in trade. Uh, however, the Spurs waived Lamar Stevens shortly after. Uh, he'll be a solid role player off of the bench, but uh, you know anybody anybody looking uh, looking at fantasy basketball shouldn't be looking to add him to their roster. Okay, not. Um, by the way, uh, do not rule out Boston possibly getting in the Buddy Heald talks, especially uh, with Malcolm Brogdon apparently being pissed off at the team for trying to trade him. So now they may need to trade him at this point. Uh, Also, according to the Athletics' Shams Sharania, the Warriors are not expected to sign Dwight Howard or any other big man before training camp. So they will end up heading into training camp with one open roster spot. Uh-huh. So that I guess that'll probably that'll probably go to somebody who may make a uh, who may make a significant impression on the team, perhaps. Like All right. Dwight stop uh, playing his headed... again. What what was that? I said it looks like Dwight stuck uh, going back to playing China again. He's been trying yeah. to clamor to get oh, yeah. back into the NBA. Trying to get back in the NBA for two years. No dice. 
Well, you know, I think I think I think Howard's time has come and gone. Basically, you know, he's not he's not the same player that he once was. Uh, yeah, he did win an NBA title with the Lakers, uh, but. You know, he's not the same guy that, that we saw dominate the league with the Orlando Magic. Um, yeah. You know, even in Houston, even even in Houston, he was still pretty good. But, uh, and L.A. Well, as well. But, you know, later on, later on in his NBA career, he just basically, he lost that burst, he lost that dynamic burst that he had at the rim. Yeah, yeah. I mean, LeBron didn't even seem to like enjoy playing with him. He off the bench. He didn't make really any big difference. I mean, he, yeah, he's. I think he's done with the league. League's done with him. Yeah, it's it's definitely possible, but I th- I think the I think the league might be done with him at this point. Um, <laughs> ooh, going into the going into the NFL, uh, we have. Of course, our Whispers Wishes segment that we will do where we come up with our picks for this for this week's NFL schedule uh going along with the going along with the spread, might I add. Um obviously first off, we couldn't pick from Thursday night's game with the Giants uh once again proving that last year was a complete aberration and that they are not contenders, uh, dropping a blowout to the San Francisco 49ers 30-12. to 12. And, uh, you know, that, that Daniel Jones contract just looks better and better every single week. With, yeah, uh, with every single loss that the Giants uh, endure here. Yeah, their defense has just been... I mean, who... Uh, with C's defense, no one wants to really tackle. Uh, their lines are bad, been really erratic. Yeah, they just look good. Doesn't doesn't help the Barkley's out, but yeah, they're just they don't look good at all. Certainly not playoff playoff caliber team right now. Yeah, it's it's honestly quite pathetic, actually. Um, Look at just looking at uh, Daniel Jones's numbers over the over the first three weeks of the season. Oh, I say like a fifty-yard play. I'm guessing Daniel Jones isn't good. Not really. Well, he's not worth his contract. I mean, no. Uh, you know this this was this was supposed to be the year that he proves that he is the quarterback uh, for the, for the giants moving forward, but he signed a four year, $160 million contract in the off season with 92 million in guarantees. He just robbed the New York giants with this, uh, with this deal. If he's not worth it, why didn't he sign it? Uh, they, they thought he was going to play better. That's why they gave him that money. Yeah, they really he's did. Underperforming. But he's not. Oh. Can't, can't take the contract back. Uh-oh. Yeah, they can't, they, can't, they, can't, they can't take the contract back at this point. 
No. Too bad. Yeah. And if they would, but, they. And if they could, they would. Yes. Probably <laughs> yes. Uh, but as far as the 49ers go, the buzzsaw continues. Brock Purdy, 25 of 37, 310 yards with two touchdowns. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, 18 carries, 85 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Debo Samuel, six catches, 129 yards and a touchdown. George Kittle, seven catches for 90 yards. I wow. mean, my God, is there is there one team – that can that can solve the Niners. No, have all the weapons on the outside. Not right Offense, now. Defensive lines. I mean, the Eagles have the edge. But yeah, the Niners. I think have the most There's talented roster. Niners are the most talented roster. I would agree there. And also, there there was a little bit of a there was a little bit of controversy too that Trent Williams didn't get thrown out of the game due to uh, throwing a punch. And According to Walt Anderson, who's the senior vice president of officiating, uh, he basically said that uh, Williams. Uh, how should I how should I put this? That basically, he said. When we have a flag thrown on the field for unnecessary roughness, members of the officiating department are able to review the available video uh, to determine if there is a flagrant action that should result in a disqualification. We ended up looking at the video we had available to us, and we just didn't see anything that rose to to the level of flagrant, which is the standard that we have to apply to disqualify the player. And somebody said striking someone in the face mask wouldn't rise to the level of flagrant, and Anderson goes, well, these are judgment calls, and a lot of times you might end yeah. up having an open hand, often a stiff arm to the face, versus a closed fist punch, which certainly carries a different weight to it. So okay. we ended up looking at the available video we had and just didn't feel like the actions rose to the level of flagrant. You can certainly end up having contact with hands to the helmet, and some of those actions would be deemed a punch. Others would not. And then somebody break, said, it does seem like it's a closed fist, though. That didn't factor in the decision-making there. Right. And then he basically yeah. just repeats he just, he just repeats the same exact answer that he gave. And throwing your hand with a closed fist should be considered a punch. I would think a closed fist. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, weird ex- explanation there. Who's Trent Williams? <laughs> One of the best offensive linemen, uh, Niners. Yeah, oh. yeah. He's uh, he, he's well, he's probably the best left uh, the best left tackle in the league, I think. Or is he is he left tackle oh, or right so, tackle? Yeah. He's right there, left tackle. Yeah, he's right there. He's at the top. Yeah, yeah. I think he's left tackle. It should have been tossed though. I don't care who you are. If you break a law, a rule like that, penalty. I mean, exactly. the rules got to apply to everyone equally. He got away with it. And it looks like LSU is probably going to win this one because Arkansas apparently forgot how to. Uh, apparently, they for, they forgot how to control uh, the flow of a game. Well, that, hold uh, on. I mean, score again. Thirty-one, thirty-one. It's, it's thirty. It's thirty-one, thirty-one, and LSU is basically running down the clock to kick the game-winning field goal here. Yeah, wow. We'll see. 
Instead, Arkansas could have just let them score, and how much time? You know, they would have had about they would have had about I think a minute or a minute and a half to uh, to go down the field potentially. How much time's left now? Eleven seconds. seconds. Wow. Oh, I'm behind. Yeah, I'm on a delay. I'm yeah, in the kitchen L- right now. Yeah, LSU just called their final timeout with 11 oh, seconds. Wow. So, OSU, what's going uh, on heading, Sorry. Well, h- heading into our uh, Whispers Wishes segment where we make our picks against the spread, uh, either either for the spread or against the spread, whatever. Um, we will start off this first matchup. We have the Cleveland Browns hosting the Tennessee Titans, and the Cleveland Browns are three-point favorites in this one. And in all honesty, I know Cleveland had a uh, Cleveland had an off had an off week last week, but I'm kind of surprised that they're the favorites in this. I would have thought that Tennessee would be the favorite in this matchup. And for that reason, for that reason, I'm picking Tennessee. What are your, what are your thoughts on this matchup, Lou? Who do you have uh, Tennessee uh, and Cleveland? I'm going with the Titans. All right, what about you, Alex? They're all world player, Nick Chubb. Deshaun Watson tells him, Sean, he knows how to play quarterback anymore. So I'm not taking the Browns. I'm taking the Titans. Okay, and uh, how about you, Diane? Who do you who do you have in this matchup with uh, with Tennessee and Cleveland? I'm with you guys. I'm going Titans. By the by the way, while we're at it. Why don't we talk about the Nick Chubb injury? Because they're yeah. claiming that is just a torn. They're claiming that's just a torn MCL. There's no shot right. in hell that that is just a torn MCL. Did anybody yeah. see? Did anybody see that injury as it happened? That's what they're saying. Yes, they and how? And how his leg completely bent. Oh, he broke his leg. <laughs> yeah. That was one of the worst injuries that's ever been on national TV. Yeah, they were even show the I mean, replay. I'm lucky. That's how bad it was. Yeah, that's how bad it was. Was They didn't even show the replay. I only saw it because I uh, on Twitter, they have a Twitter doctor who literally slowed down the actual replay of it to show as the leg bent. And keep in mind, this was the same knee that he tore all of his ligaments in back in 2015. Yeah. It's like a model of hard work. One of the leaders never gets in trouble. No contract squabbles, just a great hard worker. Ever since his uh, Georgia days, Nick Chubb's one of the best and, Terrible to see again, like you said, his second really devastating knee injury to the same guy. Yeah. 
It's uh, it's unfortunate, but uh, you know they, they claim it's not career ending. Good, good. But I'm highly skeptical that it's just a torn MCL. Because this, yeah, that's, I'm that's, sorry, that's more, than, just, that's more than a torn MCL. There's MCL. There, there's more than that. That was a devastating hit. And it's got to be more. I don't know. Why would they yeah. come out saying it's an MCL today, though? What what would prompt them to? I don't know. I, it looked a lot worse. I agree with you guys, but how come the doctors are now saying, oh, it's only an MCL? It's weird. I, I thought it would be a lot worse like you guys. MCL might be. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah. There's no way it shouldn't be. It's that so thing. weird. It is weird. And that, and that officially ends it. Uh, a Hail Mary attempt by K.J. Jefferson has been picked off, and it is a 34-31 to 31 LSU victory. Over the Arkansas Razorbacks. What a game. All right. Our next matchup, uh, we have the Atlanta Falcons visiting the Detroit Lions, and the Detroit Lions are three-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. Now, for me, I'm probably going to go with you know, it's so weird the fa- the fact how how this season has has fared so far. But I'm actually going to go with the Falcons uh, in spite of of uh, Ritter. I think somehow they get it done again against the Lions in this one. It all lies on Bijan Robinson. What what are your thoughts, Lou, on this matchup? Uh, the Lions are the favorites by three and a half. I'm going with the Lions. All right. What are your What are your thoughts, Alex? I'm so sorry, man. I couldn't hear you. The tail on. What were you talking about? Uh, Falcons and up. Lions. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Falcons I'm and Lions. Falcons have been much improved. 2-0, they have a run game now with Bijan Robinson, but I think the Lions, especially after last week's tough loss, the Lions are going to be hungry to bounce back. I'm going to take the Lions. All right, how about you, Diane? Lions. Wow, I'm the only one, I'm the only one going the Falcons this week. All right. Our next matchup, the Green Bay Packers are two-point favorites at home against the New Orleans Saints. And I know uh, the Packers had a uh, had a tough loss last week. The Saints are 2-0. and But uh, something tells me I think the Packers turned things around uh, this week. Jordan Love, six touchdowns through two games, 396 yards. Derek Carr. Uh, has 533 yards, but he has a touchdown and two picks to his credit thus far. Uh, I think Green Bay just had a just had a tough loss last week, and I think they bounced back here, uh, being two point favorites. What are your thoughts, Lou? I'm going. With, I'm going with Packers. I think they will. I think they will have a turnaround here, but don't expect it to be easy. 
No, I wouldn't expect it to be easy at all. Uh, not with not not with the uh, not with the Saints with how unpredictable that they can be. Uh, what are your What are your thoughts, Alex? Yeah, I've been impressed with Jordan Love so far, but I think talent wise, the Saints have the edge. I'm going to go close one. I'm going to take the Saints. Ooh. All right. What well, What are your thoughts, Diane? Uh, Saints or Packers? Packers. All right, so we have three for the Packers, one for the Saints. Uh, our next matchup, we have the Denver Broncos, the 0-2 Denver Broncos, looking to try and uh, ruin Miami's opportunity of going 3-0. and uh, The Miami Dolphins host the Denver Broncos in Miami uh, with a six-and-a-half-point spread, and it is worth noting that Jalen Waddell will not be playing due to currently still being in concussion protocol due to last week's game against the New England Patriots. So, wow. I know Russell Wilson may be the old Russell Wilson, but this Miami offense is way too advanced for that Bronco defense. I've got Miami. What are your what are your thoughts on this one, Lou? Broncos played spoiler. Ooh, okay. So we got a one a one one tie right now. What yep. what are your uh what about you, Alex? I'm not a big fan of the coach McDaniel, but I mean Miami's got so much talent. Even without Waddle, I think they're gonna get it done. I'm going Dolphins. All right, what about you, Diane? Broncos. Ooh, an even split. Two and two. The 0 and 2 Broncos. All righty, come next. on. You know, it's it's weird. It just it just sort of seems with the the way we've seen the Broncos play thus far this season. Through granted it's only been two games, but it just seems like it doesn't even matter even if it's Sean Payton that's coaching the team. Yeah. It's like this Broncos team is all of a sudden cursed ever since they won the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning. It's tough. They have some good players, man. Their defense is really good. So I think they could win, but I just, I, they a lot of luck hasn't been going their way since they got Russell Wilson. But, hey, maybe they can knock off the Dolphins. Yeah, Maybe. I mean, Russell Wilson, I, you know, I will say this. Russell Wilson does look like the old Russell Wilson. He looked a lot better this past week, absolutely. Got to maintain that now. He can. I mean, they, they should have won last week. That You know, really, something beyond win for the commanders got him. So Denver's hungry for yeah. one. You know, they're 0-2. Mm-hmm. All all right, our next matchup, we have uh, one team will get their first win in this matchup, regardless. Uh, the L.A. Chargers okay. with an even spread against the Minnesota Vikings at Minnesota. And just going based off of numbers, uh, we don't know. Let me, ch- let me check real quick. Is Austin Eckler back? I think he was out oh, last yeah. week. He injured. Yeah, he was. 
let me see. It says he's working hard to get back. We'll see how it goes. So it looks like, ooh, okay. So it looks like he will not play. He may be out until week seven. Wow. And they're already on the yeah, no it does say here he has been ruled out officially against Minnesota. So, I mean, based off of that, I think Minnesota <laughs> takes this one. What? Let's. Uh, how about you, Lou? What do you think, uh, Chargers and uh, Vikings? Vikings. All right, what about you, Alex? Poor coaching. Uh, they've been getting lit up defensively. And, that, and no, no Eckler. The Chargers are in trouble here. Right. I'm going to go Vikings. All right, and Diane? Vikings. All right, our next matchup, we have the 0-2 New England Patriots. And, oh, my God, I, I as a Patriots fan, I struggle. I struggle to get through a Patriots game now. Really? Uh, Yeah, they will be playing in bad weather against the one-and-one New York Jets. Now, this Uh, is the New York Jets under Zach Wilson, might I add. Um, However, the Patriots will be without quite a few notable players. Uh, in particular, if I can bring up the injury report here, uh, in particular for the Patriots, they will be without Saidi Sow, who is out for the second straight week with a concussion, and yes. Jonathan Jones, who is out with an ankle injury. So that means that Christian Gonzalez, after Marcus Jones got placed on injured reserve this week, Christian Gonzalez is the Patriots' number one cornerback heading into this week after being drafted by them this past draft. Uh, questionable for the Patriots are Strange, Onwenu, and Barmore. Uh, out for the Jets are Wes, uh, Wes Schweitzer with a concussion. Dwayne Brown with a shoulder and hip issue. And actually, Dwayne Brown just got put on injured reserve, I think. So he's out for the next four weeks. And Tony Adams with a hamstring issue. (sighs) No injury excuses. The Patriots, on paper, the Patriots should win this match. Should. I don't know. Two and a half point, two and a half point paper. favorites, but Good luck on I'm going to pick the Patriots. Yeah, I- I'm going to pick the Patriots, but something just tells me that I'm I'm looking at an 0-3 uh, start next week. So, hmm. Something just tells me that I'm looking at an 0-3 start because for some reason, the Patriots never blow out the Jets anymore. It's now everything yeah, I is, that too. everything everything post Brady has now been close games, 
And I've, I'll tell you one thing. If this is a close game, I think New York wins. But otherwise, it's the Patriots. What are your thoughts, Lou? Pardon the expression. I think I just saw a huge jet fly by. So that means you're going with the Jets? That was a clue, yes. All right, what about you, Alex? Yeah, I'm hopping on that same flight. Uh, Jets have an incredible defense. Oh. It's going to be low scoring, dude. The Patriots, are, they haven't shown they can move the ball this year, and they're playing who I think is the best defense at home in Jets. So, I, I mean, the, the Patriots might score 10 points tomorrow. Might be 13 to 10. I'm going to take the, the Jets in a very, very low scoring game with the weather, too. Low scoring. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Seriously, man. What? I'm sorry. Excuse I know. Me. No, the I know. They couldn't move the ball last week. The, the, the Jets have twice the defense that the Dolphins do. I mean, much better defense. Yeah, I know. They're going to swarm Mac I Jones. Know. I know. I'm, I'm only laughing because of how pathetic the team is. That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> Yeah, thirteen to ten. The prediction is thirteen. Yeah, twenty-three points, dude. I'm just that's what I'm sensing. Low scoring. Pats might pull it out, but I think it's just going to be a grinded out game. Not a lot of big players. What? What are? What are? What are your thoughts on this one, Diane? Jets or Patriots? Patriots. <laughs> oh, okay. So we have a we have a two to two tie on this one. But I, I'll t- I'll tell you this. Uh, we're all Patriots. The Patriots who else said Patriots? Patriots lose, well, I said I said Patriots. You said Patriots, but uh, both uh, both Lou and uh, and Alex have the Jets. Hopping on Jet Lane. Okay. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, let me just say this: If the Patriots Back lose tomorrow, if they lose tomorrow, get- the season's <laughs> over. Uh, the season's over, yeah. and I want Belichick's head. I want Belichick's head on a stake. On a platter, if they lose. Yeah, Poo-poo platter. Uh-oh. Yeah, I agree. It's tearing them. There, there are a few. Dude, I'm telling you, the Jets are going to be so motivated to finally beat them at home. Pissed off coming off the loss, and the Pats just haven't shown they can really play a lot of offense yet. I mean, Jets' defense is, is so good. Such a battle for the Patriots. I think that maybe they win a little scoring affair. I just. I don't know. In your really, do you no, see the morning, just, Steve? No, I mean, it's I, gonna be a close I, honestly, game. I have a bad. I mean, I'm just picking them because of the fact that I'm a Patriot yeah. fan, and you know, our right. the Jets are our rivals. But in all honesty, yeah. I just, I I have a feeling that the Jets are gonna. You know, it, it seems like every week New England is like, okay, how can we lose this week? How can it out new ways this week? Uh, Very exciting you know, week week one we lost because Kayshawn Boutte couldn't keep his uh, couldn't keep his feet in bounds. Last week we lost because of uh, I, I forget I forget what the reason was, but it was more pathetic than week one. Uh, now this week. I have an I have a feeling they're going to have an opportunity to win the game with a game-winning field goal, only to then doink it, and then the Jets will somehow score. I just I have a feeling. I have a feeling that's how it's that's how it's going to play out. 
All right. Zach Wilson, Next up, we have. Cooking. Yeah, go for it, Simon. If, we'll see how Zach plays. It's going to be a battle tomorrow. If he ever does. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have the Buffalo Bills as six-and-a-half-point favorites over the Washington Commanders. And I actually think that's a pretty good spread. Um, I've got Buffalo. Uh, even though, I, you know, I think Washington may hold it to, to seven points, but I still think that overall Buffalo has the better, has the better yeah. overall team. So I'm going Buffalo in this one. What do you What do you think, Lou? I go with the Bills. All right. What about What about you, Alex? Washington definitely looks like they're improved and they're in the right head in the right direction. But yeah, the Bills are gonna Bills are just the better superior team. Bills. Diane, what about you? Bills. Yeah, I think I think it's a foregone conclusion that it's. Uh, I'd be very surprised if if Washington were to somehow keep it close or somehow win, but I think it's definitely Bills, uh, unless Josh Allen has another week one situation again. Um, Next, we have the Houston Texans, nine-and-a-half-point underdogs at Jacksonville. And just based off of what I've seen out of – out of uh, Houston so far this year. They may have a new quarterback. They may have a new coach. They're still the same Texans. I got Jacksonville, even against the spread. What about you on this one, Lou? Yeah. Wait, repeat it again. Uh, Houston Jacksonville, and Texas. Jacksonville. I'm not taking Jacksonville, that's for sure. Oh, so you got Houston. I got Hughes Jackson. All righty. Uh, how about you, Alex? I'm going to go Jackson. So that's a nice playoff. Texans are kind of rebuilding. I'm going Jacksonville. Yeah, this should be a game that they win. Uh, how about how about you, uh, Diane? Uh, Houston. Houston. All right. So two to two, uh, two to two split uh, on this one. All right, uh, how about the Indianapolis Colts, who are eight-point underdogs against the Baltimore Ravens? The Baltimore Ravens are pretty banged up. However, the Indianapolis Colts will be without their rookie quarterback, Anthony Richardson, who is out with a concussion. And I think that right there basically closes the argument. Baltimore it is. What do you what do you think in this matchup, Lou, with Indianapolis and Baltimore? Despite them being like a train wreck, I'm still going to go with the Ravens anyway. Yeah, I I would agree with the, I would agree with that one. I think if, in my opinion at least, if Indianapolis if Richardson was able to play this week, I think Indy would have somewhat of a chance. But otherwise, yeah, it's definitely Baltimore. Uh, what about you, Alex? Yeah, I'm seeing that definitely Baltimore. Big day for Baltimore tomorrow. All righty. How about, how about you, Diane? Got it. Baltimore. 
All righty, our next matchup, the Carolina Panthers take on the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Seattle is five-and-a-half-point favorites, and it is worth noting that Bryce Young is listed as out with an ankle injury for Carolina. And with that being said, once again, ooh, oh, what a run by Washington. An 83-yard touchdown return for the Washington Huskies. Now up, now about to be up 14 nothing over California. Yeah, he's going to be a top pick there. Anyway. Washington's quarterback. Michael Penix, Washington quarterback, is going to be, I think, a top five pick. I really like him at quarterback. Potentially, yeah. Well, especially with the season they're having so far. Uh, but when it comes to Carolina, if they don't have Bryce Young, they don't have a shot. So I'm going with Seattle yeah. on this one. Uh, even though it's potent, it's possible that Seattle may not have DK Metcalf due to a rib issue. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one, Lou, with Carolina and Seattle? Seattle. All right. What about you, Alex? Yeah, I'm going to go Seattle. Diane, how about you? Seattle. All righty, a clean sweep here. Uh, so our next matchup, we have the Kansas City Chiefs. They are 12-and-a-half-point favorites hosting the Chicago Bears. And, and I, I mean, I understand why it's 12-and-a-half-point favorites because I think this will be a blowout. This will not be even close. I have Kansas City. How about you, Lou? Oh, it's easy. Kansas City all the way. Alex? Yeah, I'm agreeing with Lou there. City it is. And Diane? Kansas City. All righty. Our next matchup, we have the Dallas Cowboys, uh, who are 12-point favorites over the Arizona Cardinals in Arizona. And it is also worth noting that the Cowboys will be without Trayvon Diggs for the rest of the season with a season-ending torn ACL that he suffered in practice. So does this have a, uh, does this have a substantial effect for this game, or does Dallas still get things done? I'm picking the Cowboys regardless of the injury. What about you, Lou? Same here, Cowboys. Alex, what are your thoughts? Really tough, really tough for any team to lose Diggs. He's a great member of this really talented Cowboy. But yeah, they're cruising right now. I'm going with the Cowboys. Diane, Cowboys. You know, I'll say something. I'll say something about this. I think uh, obviously it won't affect them this week, but I think long term. Uh, their long-term defense, they're going to really miss digs when it comes down to the nitty-gritty games. Yeah, he's awesome. In which they, in which they need a uh, 
in which in which they need a uh, you know a a clutch play. Yeah. They have a hell of a defense. Hopefully they can still, you know, play at a high level without him. They have a lot of other playmakers. But, yeah, he's a big piece. Yeah, big time. Uh, up next, we for Sunday night football, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers entering Vegas as two-and-a-half-point underdogs to the Vegas Raiders. And... Pretty much the only one who's out for the Steelers is Gunnar Olszewski with a concussion. Uh, otherwise, everybody else seems to be quite healthy. Uh, with that being said, I'm still taking uh, – I, I think the Raiders will probably, uh, will probably uh, come through with this one. What are your thoughts, Lou? I'm going with Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, what about you, Alex? Roll with Jimmy G and those Raiders. Okay, and Diane? Oh, Diane dropped. Uh, a little bit of a disturbing note on this. There is apparently some accusations that have been thrown out there by disgruntled Raiders defensive end Chandler Jones this past Sunday, who accused owner Mark Davis of either molesting his goddaughter or covering up for who actually did it. And once he found out, that then resulted in him being blacklisted from all Raiders uh, from, from all Raiders facilities. Bombshell. I had trouble locating the exact, that, that aspect of the story too, but I, I believe you obviously, but that's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Well, it is worth noting he did delete all of his tweets and he claimed that he was hacked. Those, those same postings though are still on his Instagram. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. So, I mean, and also uh, he he has been placed on the non-football in illness list as he is dealing with a quote-unquote personal issue. Um, and they're claiming that the team is standing behind him, but yet all this shit is coming out uh, all, you know, all this shit is coming. Like, I'll read out some of the notes or some of the uh, tweets that were sent out. Uh, he ended up saying, MD, meaning Mark Davis, didn't know I didn't have any kids and I was fostering a very important man's kid. I won't say his name, but once I found out what was done to this little girl, I wasn't allowed back in the building. I'm protected by many. I'm not afraid to talk. Some high-class reach out to Bones, uh, Bones meaning his brother, John Bones Jones, uh, right. and have him see me. The high-class guy is using apps to block, to, to block me from contacting family. 
I'm single with no kids, but me and this man had an agreement Mark didn't know about, and now he's paying for it. Uh, now you've taken money out of my pocket. Here I am watching my team lose because someone was molesting my goddaughter. So it, it, it sounds like to me that either he's accusing Mark Davis of doing it or that he's accusing Mark Davis of covering up for somebody that did it. Yeah. Sounds like it's covering up. Sorry, it's so crazy. I'm literally not going to – I'm going to reserve until the truth comes out before I really make too many comments. I mean, it's it's just like massive allegations and stuff. It's very disturbing. I think there's something going on with Chandler Jones. But it's such a huge – I just – yeah. We'll see what happens when it plays out. Yeah, it's needless, needless to say, it's very disturbing, regardless. Um, yeah. All right, so our Monday night games, we have the Philadelphia Eagles, who are five-point favorites at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And in my opinion, even though Baker has had a good start to the season, come on, it's Philly. Do we really think that Philly is going to drop to uh, to Tampa? No, I've got Philly all the way in this one. What are your thoughts, Lou? It's the Eagles all the way. All right, what about you, Alex? Eagles or uh, or Bucks? Baker's played turnover-free football for two weeks, but I think they're going to start turning them over. Tough Eagles, D. I think Philly's going to win it by, I'd say, a touchdown or more. All right, and our last matchup, we have the Los Angeles Rams, who are two-and-a-half-point underdogs, going against the Cincinnati Bengals, who might I add, uh, with with Joe Burrow re-aggravating his injury, uh, it is questionable as to whether or not he will play, but from what it sounds like, it sounds like they, considering that they signed AJ McCarron to the to the uh, practice squad. Uh, it's possible that the Bengals may be without Joe Burrow in this matchup, yeah. and they're already going to be without Irv uh, without Irv Smith Jr. already uh, at tight end. So, with that being said, and considering how much of a tear Puka Nakua is on. Who, those who don't know who Puka Nakua is, uh, he just set the NFL record for catches in the first two weeks of a player's NFL career with 25 oh, yeah. catches through two weeks, thanks to Cooper Cup being injured. Cooper. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually going with the Rams in this matchup because of the uncertainty surrounding Burrow. What do you think, Lou? I think about Burrow that uh, the Bengals don't have a chance, so I'm going with the Rams. All right, what about you, Alex? Yeah, Stafford looks like the Stafford of old, and the Rams are playing really well suddenly. Everyone thought wrote him off before the season started. Uh, yeah, banged up Burrow. I'm going with the, the Rams. He's been looking good. All right, uh, our next uh, our next story. Uh, 
According to NFL Network's Tom Pelissero, the NFL has filed a grievance against the NFL Players Association over allegations that the union advised running backs to consider feigning or exaggerating injuries in order to gain leverage in contact or in contract negotiations. The Players Association has already said that these claims are ridiculous and without merit. So who knows if anything's going to even come of this. Uh, but however, though, there has been long speculation of things like this occurring as running backs seek to gain any edge that they can in a market that's been far from kind to them in recent years. Uh, but the NFL is now alleging that this has hap- is happening, uh, has now been, you know, th- this is a whole other subject at this point. Uh, The NFL is now requesting that the NFL Players Association cease and desist from such improper conduct after the league said it became aware of a Zoom meeting hosted by the NFL Players Association with certain NFL running backs in which this advice was conveyed. Any truth to this, obviously, would certainly be a new wrinkle in contract discussions uh, involving running backs, uh, considering they're probably one of the top positions uh, to be the least paid in the NFL. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on, on, on this, Lou? With uh, the league adv- or the league is claiming that the union has advised running backs to consider feigning or exaggerating injuries in order to help with contract negotiation leverage. Uh, the old fake injury routine. Oh, what a, what a surprise. Yeah, some players just do anything that's you know, trying to get out of it. So uh, that doesn't surprise me at all. You never know what some of these players are trying to do, fake an injury or whatnot. So uh, <laughs> not a surprise. What, what, about, what about you, Alex? What are your, what are your thoughts? Because especially considering the most recent contracts that we've seen, uh, with holdouts like uh, Saquon Barkley and also, uh, what's his name, the running back from uh, from Vegas? Josh Jacobs. Yeah, players are trying to get more money now, so it's, it's just they're, but they're playing hardball yeah. and just offering these one-year deals. So not everyone's going to be happy when it comes to money. There's a lot of money to be made. The players work hard for it, and there's a lot of injuries, so it's a sticky subject. I'll say Definitely. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a very sticky subject, uh, especially when you consider the fact that you know a whole bunch of these a whole a whole bunch of these running backs have been, uh, you know, it, it's like we've said before. This isn't the age of uh, of running backs like Emmett Smith and whatnot anymore. You know we're not going to be seeing the same pay grades. Uh, like you're not going to see a running back get paid like a quarterback can get paid. Yeah. So uh, needless to say, though, it is definitely, it is definitely kind of surprising though that, the discrepancy is so big.
Uh, all right, and our next, once again, another, uh, we will reserve judgment on this. Uh, we will reserve judgment on this next topic. Uh, but Bears defensive coordinator Alan Williams has officially resigned after being away from the team as, as they call it, a quote-unquote personal matter. And it appears that this personal matter will keep him away from the Bears full time. Uh, and he is claiming that uh, he is taking a step back to take care of his health and family. Uh, however, though, according to what multiple reports had said on social media, his home was supposedly raided by the feds. And now obviously uh, his representation has come out and said that his home was not raided uh, and any rumors or any rumor or speculation of child pornography charges are unequivocally untrue. Now, yeah, obviously that. that's what the specu- that's what the speculation oh. was. Yes, yeah, some were reporting that it was that they raided both his private home and as well as the uh, team facility, and then they walked it back. Other outlets were saying, no, 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 that 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 actually never happened. Oh, they. There was a report that they raided the team facility. I didn't hear about that. Alice Hall, yeah, the, the Bears facility. Oh, field, okay. Locker room. Alice Hall, yeah. Yeah, Alice Hall. But then, but then I've been hearing they didn't do that. That's what the team said, and that's what his agent said, his uh, his attorney said. So I, I don't know. I don't know if they actually raided anything. Conflicting reports. Yeah, that's that is so weird because uh, what's also interesting too is that the head coach Matt Eberflus refused to go into any sort of detail about why he was away from the team. Which I mean, yeah. obviously, you know, it's obviously you know it's to maintain privacy, but uh. You know, it's weird. It's like this story, much like the Chandler Jones story, is very shrouded. And this was also, you know, this was also reported on the Pat McAfee show as well mm-hmm. about uh, about Alan Williams, about the FBI raid at uh, Alan Williams's house. Huh. So I don't think that they would go on, you know, you know that uh, that somebody like Pat McAfee would go on his show and uh, Pat McAfee or so the team. The team is saying that it's not true. I don't know if Pat McAfee. I don't know who, which side's being honest, but they've tried to walk it back and say there was no rip. But Pat McAfee saying there's a right. Rip. So it's kind of like Pat or the, the the president of the Bears. I don't know. I don't know if there's a rape. Um, it's not it's definitely not confirmed. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, obviously, you know, there would be, you know, there there will be uh, maybe more stuff will come out will come out. Uh, Hopefully, yeah. For this, 
in the upcoming Dude, week. Was what you mentioned before with that grizzly, that really nasty uh, possible ch- implication, the charge, or the, was that a rumor? The child stuff? That's horrendous. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, for what? For Chandler Jones or for this? Oh, no, for this. For Alan Williams. The Bears coordinator. Uh, yeah, was, is that the rumor what the of what it's for? You know, wow. that's what the speculation was around social media because why else wow. would the why else would the feds uh you know, why else would the feds supposedly raid the home? Wow. Awful. Yeah, see how it turns out, man. This doesn't look good. Doesn't sound good. It's uh matter of fact, um Somebody said, somebody out of Chicago, uh, one of the uh, radio stations said, and I quote, it's serious, it's self-inflicted, we're still working on it in terms of the Alan Williams uh, story. Wow. And also. There's just a record overall, especially with this. Yeah, and and also a uh, beat reporter for the Chicago Tribune who has been covering the Bears since 2001, Brad Biggs, said a lot of speculation about the status of Bears defensive coordinator Alan Williams. I can tell you for the last three days, now this was on September 20th, I can tell you for the last three days we've been operating under, under the belief that his absence has not been related to health or a family matter. A legal issue, legal matter now. Possibly. Regardless, though, still devastating uh, that you know now we have now we have two of these two of these situations potentially going on at the same time around the league. If that Chandler Jones stuff is even true, or if he actually did get hacked, but. You know, the fact that he also posted it on his Instagram makes me think that he didn't get hacked. So that's, those are some incredible charges, some accusations. I, I don't know. I haven't heard much after that since that happened. I think I don't know if he was melting down or just seeking vengeance or I don't know if he actually has that kind of information, that, that, of those allegations. I don't know. That's a, that's a crazy case. I don't yeah, know what to believe out of that. Big time. I don't, know what to, I don't know what to believe yet on that. Right. Um, one notable thing in Major League Baseball, uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. has become the first official member of the 4060 Club. Yeah. That's right. 40 homers and 60 or more stolen bases in a season. A record or a club that may potentially... He may potentially be in a club of his own. I don't know if anybody else could possibly hit that number. I got to say, man, and now that he's healthy again, he's like a he's like the faster um, Mike Trout. His, I mean, his talent is yeah. through the roof. Now that he's healthy again, he's the best player, I think. Aaron Judge is right up there, but, I mean, Acuna, Acuna can run, too. And it's conceivably possible he may even hit 70 stolen bases by the end of the season. 
Yeah, he's absurdly talented. Wow. Can he do it in a week? Yeah, I he think could. it's possible. What, is he, what, what more does he need? How much? He's at 68 right now. He needs wow. two more. 68? Oh, okay, 68. Yeah, then he can do it probably. Probably do it by tomorrow wow. or Monday. Yeah, you can do it tomorrow afternoon whenever they're playing next. He's amazing. Crazy just loaded. I mean, my God. This, this guy is in the first place in the division. And he's only 25. They have the best yeah. young nucleus. Yeah. yeah. Michael Harris, Spencer Strider, Cy Young candidate. Good God. Olsen, Olsen, Austin Riley at third base. Matt Olsen, 50-something home runs. Riley, 35, 38 home runs, something like that. I mean, they're just absolutely loaded. Big time. I mean, this is, you know, they their core is set for the ne- for the next several years. Dude, I'm not pitching. Not obviously uh, like Maddox Glavin that group, but um, this lineup's got to be the best Braves lineup. I think they have eight or nine guys with 20 home runs. Nine guys, I think. Their catcher's an all-star. He has 25 home runs. Mike Lewis, their number nine hitter, rookie of the year last year. He has like 20 home runs, 28 stolen bases. And he's hitting ninth. I mean, they're just they're they're nasty. They're gonna be tough to take. Tough to tough to knock out. Neither needless to say, their nucleus is set for literally the next several years. Yep. Yeah. For the foreseeable future. I mean, you're gonna be a bar barring a colossal collapse from the organization. You're going to be seeing them in the playoffs for the foreseeable future. I mean, they're going to be in the thick of it. Yeah, they're all locked up, all the the whole nucleus. They're all like late 20s or early 20s and signed long-term. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so with that being said, uh, unfortunately, we do have to cut tonight's show short. Uh, I have another uh, engagement that I have to that I have to get to uh, real quick here before I uh, before I end up going to bed. There's a few things I uh, that I have to do that I have to get done tonight. Uh, but uh, a real quick a real quick reminder for members of uh, our whispers group. Monday night, we will be doing the Survivor 45 Cast Analysis Podcast hosted by Jim Early. Uh, Thursday night, we will be doing the Survivor 45 Recap Podcast. Now, I don't know as of yet whether whether it's going to be me that's hosting it or if it's going to be Jim that's hosting it. We will uh, get to that when we can. And obviously, next Friday night, the Big Brother 25 Recap Show. And we will be back next Saturday night for another edition of Sports Whispers Weekly. Uh, So I do want to thank Lou, thank you, Alex, and thank you, Diane, for joining me tonight. Uh, We will be back next Saturday night for another edition of Sports Whispers Weekly. Everybody have a great weekend, a great rest of your weekend, and we will see you guys next Saturday night. Good night.